Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a sexist boss gets exactly what he asks for. Our next Reddit post is from Dr. Medbay B-Word. Background, I work in a fast-paced healthcare environment where every minute counts, and I have both male and female coworkers on my shift. We have lockers with opaque doors where we're allowed to store our things. When I'm in the office area, I leave mine unlocked for easy access and I've started keeping a box of tampons in my locker. I've told my female coworkers if they're in a hurry and need a tampon, they're welcome to just open my locker and take one, no problem. I got called into my boss's office the other day because a male coworker of mine complained that me keeping tampons in my locker was disgusting, and he hated that he could see the box whenever my locker was opened. My boss, a male, told me that some men were really sensitive to this type of thing and that I should try hiding them in a different type of box so I wouldn't offend my coworkers. I asked what the point of this was because my coworkers would see someone reaching into a cracker box or whatever and taking out a tampon instead of food anyway. My boss got all huffy and told me that it was for the best and that I needed to do it. Well, fine. I made a cover for my tampon box that said, Mother Earth's Bloody Nutrient Bars with Extra Gooey Nutritious Filling with a photo of a bloody bathtub and place it on the box. That was two days ago, and I saw the male coworker open my locker, trying to be sneaky, and he paled when he read the box. Got all angry, and I received an email from my boss that my cover wasn't funny and that I need to take it down. So, I emailed our HR person a copy of the email, as well as a summary of what happened in the photos of the lockers, the box, and the cover. I also suggested that my male coworker sit somewhere where he didn't have a direct line of sight to my locker if it really offended him so much. The HR person thought it was freaking hilarious and said that I followed my supervisor's instructions and so I was fine. Nothing else has been done yet, and I'm mostly angry that my time was spent on something as stupid as this and not on patient work. (laughs) Just the layers of entitlement on this guy. Imagine being grossed out by tampons in 2020. Imagine getting upset about what someone puts into their private locker. Imagine breaking into someone else's locker and then getting offended about what they put in that private locker. (laughs) And then, to top it all off, these people work in medical care. OP was kind of vague, but I'm just going to guess that they're nurses or something similar to nurses, so why would you get grossed out by tampons as a nurse? Some people are just beyond stupid. Our next Reddit post is from Cosmos of Time. I worked at a fast food restaurant, and we had a scanner machine to check if money was real or not. One day, I touched the machine sensor and noticed that it still scanned my hand as money. I did this with paper as well and concluded that the machine was broken. During the same shift, I had the one manager who did nothing but sit on her butt all day and only help us with orders if we were behind orders by 20 minutes. I tell her about the machine, and she says she'll check it out later. See, I'm supposed to scan $10 and $20 bills, but for $50 and $100 bills, I have to give the bill to the manager to check. A few hours go by, and she still hasn't checked the machine. And by this point, I'm checking every bill that's $10 or $20 by holding it up to the light, which can be seen as rude to a customer. One customer complains to me and calls my manager over. This customer complained how I was discriminating against her. I wasn't, and I shouldn't be checking a $10 bill like she's a criminal. Instead of defending me, my manager began yelling at me in front of this customer. I told her the machine was broken and I needed to check each bill, the same I would if the machine was working. My manager then, without even checking the machine, said to just use the machine and said, Who would even use a counterfeit on a $10 or $20 bill? I decided the argument wasn't worth 9 bucks an hour and just complied. 
I quickly scanned every bill until I saw two women acting really shady. The first woman handed me a $20 bill that was obviously fake. I didn't even have to check it. It felt and looked like paper. I decided I would just follow orders and scan it. Since the machine checked it off, I put the cash in the register. The second customer came and handed me a similar counterfeit bill. I did the same thing. Later, when my shift was about to end, my manager counted my drawer and found the two counterfeit bills and freaked out at me. I zoned out for it, but most of it consisted of her calling me dumb for not noticing this obvious counterfeit and how I'm going to get fired. Well, what actually happened was the regional and general managers called me over to fire me before I told them the story. They then checked the cameras and listened to our conversation about the machine being broken. Then concluded that the manager was in the wrong for, one, not letting me check the bills, and two, telling me to use the machine that I explained was broken. My manager was then fired, and I saw her working the cash register at a grocery store. Hopefully, she checks to see if she gets any counterfeit bills. Our next Reddit post is from Fresh Out of Patience. This was years ago, but it still makes me giggle. When I was 19, I got my first real office job. We weren't customer-facing, so everyone dressed really casually. Jeans, tennis shoes, t-shirts. One day, my boss called me in to talk about the dress code. He said that he'd like his assistant to wear business attire like they do at the corporate office. I asked what he meant by that, and he said like little dresses with jackets. I felt icky, but didn't fully understand why for years. That night, my boyfriend, now my husband, took me to the store and I bought five outfits that exactly matched my boss's attire. Old man jeans, cotton button-up shirts, and loafers. That's what I wore until I left the company. He couldn't say a damn thing and he never talked to me about dress code again. I now realize that I ruined his little fantasy and it makes me proud of my young self. Down in the comments, we have a similar story from Link Soul. This is kind of related. I'm living with my friend and her husband right now. Her husband told me that he wanted me to dress more feminine. I don't shave my armpits, so I thought it would be hilarious to wear a completely feminine outfit that also showed off this fact. He never asked me to dress feminine again, lol. Our next Reddit post is from Laura Laureate. My friend, who's Vietnamese, gets told, Speak English, you're in America, all the frickin' time. It got quite annoying to him, so he eventually decided to do something about it. He looked up the Native American tribe whose tribe was originally on the land where he lives, went to the tribe's cultural center, told the elderly grandma working there that he was tired of being told to speak English in America, and had her teach him how to say white person in the language, as well as some other curse words and whatnot. Apparently, this made that Native American grannies weak because she went all out and really taught him quite a lot. And ever since then, anytime some racist tells him to speak English in America, he says, Well, why don't you speak the Native American tribe's language? After all, we're in the Native American tribe's lands. You damn white people. The shocked Pikachu face he gets in response never gets old. They completely freeze up for a few seconds before responding in entertaining ways such as gasping for air or pointing their finger angrily or just turning and walking away, lol. Eventually, word spread among my group of friends and quite a few of them are always chomping at the bit to get their chance to use this response. Every time some of them finally does, they immediately announce it to everyone they know and it never really gets old. Our next Reddit post is from Levin the Great. I used to work as a supervisor of a security team at a large industrial facility. I had a good relationship with the manager, we'll call him Dave, until he appointed his friend as middle manager, we'll call him Steve, between the supervisors and himself. I didn't have a good relationship with Steve at all, and suddenly, Dave started rejecting ideas, suggestions, and requests out of hand. 
The friendly guy that I used to go and have sit-down chats with regularly became standoffish and outwardly hostile at times. The staff all noticed this as well, and would frequently comment they didn't know what I'd done to Dave and Steve, but it was clear that I was being bullied all of a sudden. It's entirely fair to say that I couldn't do anything right in their eyes, and every little thing I did or didn't do resulted in a lengthy email conversation with Dave and Steve. There's a lot that I could add to this, but for the sake of brevity, I'm going to move on to the point of my story. The site that we had to patrol was about 5 square miles, so vehicles were provided so that we could patrol effectively and carry equipment and personnel to required locations. Part of my duties at the start of the shift was ensuring that the vehicles hadn't been damaged on the previous shift and that all vehicles had the required level of equipment in them. The first patrol went out the moment our shift started, and as this was a regulatory requirement, it couldn't be delayed or skipped. This was the start of a night shift, and so it was dark. Very dark. We did have maglite flashlights, but after six years of use and abuse, they weren't exactly brilliant. I didn't see any damage, so I recorded that the vehicles were okay and recorded the mileage on our check sheets. The next night when I came in, I had a very angry and toned email from Dave demanding to know why my team had damaged one of the vehicles on the previous night. Apparently, the vehicle looked as if it had been reversed into a wall. I immediately went to check the vehicle and found two extremely small divots in the rear bumper. I found them not by looking, but by feeling the bumper. I simply couldn't see them at all using the light available to me at the time. I then went and asked all my team, and all of them insisted that they hadn't even used the vehicle. I went and checked the vehicle sheets and found, true to my team's word, that the mileage on the day shift sheets was identical to the night shift sheet. The vehicle hadn't been moved. I sent an email back to Dave informing him that the vehicle hadn't been used by us and apologized for missing the damage. However, lighting had made that extremely difficult. This was my last shift before my scheduled days off, so I was certain that Steve would be pushing Dave to punish me for something by the time I got back. Sure enough, on my first day back in, I was summoned to Dave's office for what we British politely refer to as a bollocking. Dave insisted that he could see the damage in the dark and could actually spot it from about 10 meters away. For context, all of my guys had been shown the damage and all of them, without fail, had said, where, when I pointed out the damage at close range. Not only that, but there was now additional damage that I hadn't spotted and my team was also now responsible for. Luckily, my boss had included a photograph of the damage that I'd missed. OP included a photo of the damage, and it looks like just a random picture of part of a car. I mean, I guess you could say that there's like a really tiny scratch kind of in the corner, but it looks like just general wear and tear from just using a car. So I'm with OP on this one. See that light scratch? No, me neither. For Dave and Steve, however, this was good enough to be punitive towards me and my team, and I was told that unless a culprit was found, I would be held personally responsible and would have to pay the insurance excess to get it fixed. Dave also insisted that the lighting was more than sufficient to spot the damage on the vehicles. I told Dave that this was ridiculous, and he couldn't enforce financial penalties on a vehicle that had, again, not been used by my team. Dave was insistent, though. It was my job to report 100% of the damage on the vehicles, or I would be held responsible. And at this point, something clicked in my mind. And luckily, Dave decided to back up his instructions with an email that Steve was CC'd into. The next shift, I refused to allow my team to use the vehicles until they had all been fully checked. Inside, outside, underneath, mechanically, and equipment levels. Each vehicle took about two hours. I photographed every single small bit of damage that I found, no matter how insignificant or whether it had been previously reported. 
Remember, the instruction was to report 100% of damage, not 100% of unreported damage. And then I sent it all in an email to Dave with a text description of the nature and location of the damage for each photograph. There were 162 photographs in total. The first patrol couldn't be skipped, and so I had to send out one of my officers on foot to patrol the site. This meant the site patrol took nearly three hours, and he wasn't available to fulfill other duties afterwards. It's worth noting at this point that my team was viewing this as a direct attack against them rather than just me, so they were fully supportive of the measures I was taking. This resulted in the site shift manager demanding answers, to which I was able to tell the shift manager about Dave's instructions and why I was having to send officers out on foot. I had, and still do have, a great relationship with all the site shift managers, and so, while he was frustrated, he understood the predicament I'd been put in, especially when the instructions were shown to him in black and white. This resulted in a financial penalty for my company. Dave was off the next day, so I did the exact same thing again. With the exact same amount of photographs, but all taken again on a fresh inspection. The following night shift, I came to work to find Dave waiting for me in the office. I was allowed to finish my handover with the offgoing supervisor before Dave shut the door and refused to let me leave before he had discussed why he'd received multiple emails over 800 megabytes in total. I didn't compress or reduce the size of the photos. And how the company had received a financial penalty and the regulatory body was coming to speak to him. I reminded him that he had demanded that I report 100% of the damage on the vehicles and that this had taken time. I couldn't allow any member of the team to use any vehicle until they had been checked, since there could be financial penalties involved. Dave frustratedly pointed out that many of the pictures were too dark to see anything anyways, so most of the photographs were pointless. I apologized for the lighting, but pointed out that he said the lighting was more than sufficient to spot any damage, and so he should be able to easily see the damage that I had reported. Dave insisted that I had deliberately misinterpreted his instructions and he would be taken to a disciplinary. I informed him that this was no problem. If he could just let me know the date and time, I would inform my union rep, who had been fully appraised of the situation, and was 100% behind my suggestion that I report every single tiny bit of damage on the vehicles. Dave was ultimately left with no choice but to drop any attempts to discipline me, and left Steve to deal with me from that point on. Steve then took up the role of disciplinarian for the next three months until I left the job. However, every time he tried, I was able to shut it all down due to briefings with my union rep. I left the job in February of 2019 and still to this day received compliments from members of the staff who remained there about how terrible the job had gotten due to Dave and Steve. OP, I'm guessing that the reason they were bullying you is because they had one of their buddies ready to take over your position as soon as you stepped out. But I'm glad you got some form of revenge, because these people deserved it. Our next Reddit post is from Monster Lamb. This happened a few years ago. I was a manager and bouncer at a very busy local bar, and it was my job to cut people off and or bounce them if needed. I was in the process of cutting a woman off, and she became very belligerent. Since this was also a karaoke bar, she just so happened to be called to the stage while I was in the middle of cutting her off. She marches past me and stumbles onto the stage. I have the karaoke host cut her music off and continue to the next singer. I go to the stage and escort the lady off. To be clear, I did not touch her at this moment. I'm a broad 5'9 woman and my boots add an inch and a half, so this very short woman complied rather easily, until she continued to argue with me after the fact. She didn't want to leave and ended up punching me in the face. 
I put my arms around her, picked her up, and hit it towards the front door. At which time she grabbed the protective glass cover on the host stand and shattered it all over the ground. Once she was outside, she was yelling and screaming that I had assaulted her and threatened to call the police to have me arrested. I quickly grabbed a business card for her and said, Our address is on the card just to make sure you call the cops at the right place. They arrived and asked me who they needed to address. They arrested her. I'm certain they just put her in the drunk tank for the night. Down in the comments, we have this story from Wadadish. My son is a bouncer at a local sports bar. He's six foot five and about 240 pounds. He tells me the easiest way to get a drunk girl out of a bar is to offer her a piggyback ride. He takes her outside and dumps her on the bench outside and she's done. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, then be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.